0: Transport yourself back in time and explore the fascinating and harrowing story of the Titanic's maiden voyage. Now open at COSI. Don't miss Titanic the Artifact Exhibition. This epic exhibit features over 200 authentic artifacts recovered from the ocean floor. Discover poignant passenger and crew accounts and majestic recreated interiors, including the iconic Titanic Grand Staircase. Tickets for Titanic the Artifact Exhibition are on sale now. Book your voyage at COSI.org. Hi there and welcome to the Wednesday warm-up for everybody tuning in live. Um, today I've got a couple of fantastic guests as always. I'm joined by Scott Mitchell. How are you,
2: Scott? Very well, Kyle. Thanks very much for having us. Good, to, a lot to talk about today, I'd imagine.
0: There's certainly as 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 I always freak out about there not being enough content, but today I think we'll be will be fine. There's plenty to talk about. And Ben, you are fresh from covering the Milk Cup for us over in Northern Ireland. How are you? And you want to tell us a wee bit about your experience of uh, covering the uh, the Milk Cup over there?
1: Yeah, not too bad. I'm just wondering when your fantastic guests are getting here. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. Yes, yeah, so the Milk Cup uh, or the Super Cup NI, as it's as it's now called, I should call it. Um, it was good. It was, uh, Rangers will probably be disappointed all in all. Uh, when I saw the group that they were in uh, with two county sides from Northern Ireland um, and then a team from Dublin, um, I would have expected Rangers to be top in the group. Um, and they went through in second, uh, which means that you don't go through the actual super cup. You, you, you it, yeah. it goes in this shield and globe and all these random things. Um, <laughs> but it'll have been a good experience for them. Um, one player that I must say uh, stood out quite 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 a lot um, was Christopher Eady um, up front, who scored a hat trick in one game. And at one point, Rangers had only four goals in the in the tournament, and he had scored them all. Um, <laughs> and really good finish, really good finishes. I must say, um, he's only sixteen. And I don't know how he's only sixteen because he's—I mean—he must be six-two easily. Um, sort of, he has—he has a has look of of Robbie Ear, Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be pleased with how he did, um, because around the final third they weren't creating an awful lot, but everything they did create for him, he was managing to find the corners and yeah, looked really good.
0: Yeah, no, glad to hear it. So basically, what you're telling us is that sh- that's the next player that Rangers should be sponsoring after our, uh, sorry, that this is Ibert should be sponsoring at Rangers after our seemingly successful, well, so far sponsorship of of Thomson, and the B team. And I will mention them every podcast because that's free goals and free games. But yeah, it sounds like you had a real fantastic time over there, and you know, th- thanks for thanks for covering that for for everybody, Ben. Yeah, no, um, it was
1: really enjoyable.
0: Fantastic. So, yeah, listen, as we said, uh, there's plenty to talk about. I think there's only one place to start, and that is it looks all but confirmed that Jose Cifuentes will be joining Rangers. Um, we're hearing it looks like it might be tomorrow, um, Friday at the latest. Uh, Beal's basically been dropping hints left, right and centre for the past uh, couple of weeks now and I think he just as well came out in the, the open day training session yesterday and said uh, f- track flights into Glasgow so I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody out there doing that um, but by all accounts he's here. Um, we'll, we'll get into his background, we'll see how he's Done from LA and how, we'll, how he fits into this current Rangers setup. Obviously, there's rumours flying about at the minute linking Sakala to Saudi Arabia. By all accounts, it seems like he's been told that he surplus the requirement at Rangers and he's been told to find a new club. We'll see if what we get the guy's valuation on him and, and if we think that the money that's been offered for him is fair. Um, I think we'll have to acknowledge the fact that Lee Wallace was mentioned yesterday by, by the Rangers socials. I think since since he left, to be honest, um, which is great news, and we'll see what the guys think about that. Um, Also have a wee word on the Open Day, and obviously we'll have a look ahead to the game against Kilmarnock and scott mitchell i believe that you are watching the the genk Servette game in the background for us so we will keep everybody up to date with what's the scores currently on that scott
2: uh, it's currently one one is two each in aggregate uh, there's ball boys kicking the balls across the pitch at the <laughs> minute it's an absolutely fantastic game to watch uh, servette <laughs> by the way um i should say so genk are probably the favorites going at the second half but i'll keep these all posted Fantastic. Um, but listen,
0: Scott, I will s- stick with you. Um, on this day today is a happy 55th birthday to former Rangers player Russell Latape. He's a bit like yourself, was known a wee bit of a, a party boy at the club. Um, <laughs> you're trying to say you're
2: not a party boy? I mean, I don't think anybody the club thinks I'm a party boy. <laughs> say? Um, no, I, I, Russell Lattepe, I was Doing a bit of homework in russell Latterby when when i saw that he was on the on this day because i knew that you would mention it tonight um his probably defining characteristic as being a party boy i think he was sacked from Hibs for doing just that i am um, going out at night with dwight york that's um it. so yeah and that's how he ended up at rangers my defining memory of russell Latapy not on the pitch um, it's when he played for Falkirk. I remember him sitting at the side on the cycling machines, getting himself warmed up to come on against Rangers. That's that's my defining memory, also. That'd be, but yeah, probably a cult hero. Did maybe more off the pitch than he did on the pitch at Rangers. But you know, he's one of these that just I think whenever you mention him, especially at somebody like my dad's age, they always say he's a fantastic football player. Probably could have done a lot more in his time here, but he was early to mid 30s at the time we signed him, and at that point, that was that was a declining age at that point in, in football.
0: Yeah, and, and the fact the guys smoked about 30 fags a day as well, by, by all accounts. So Smoked them on um, the pitch,
2: by all accounts, as far as I know. <laughs>
0: <was. laughs> yeah, well, he could have been playing with a cigar at times, but yeah, total agreement with you there. I just, you're right, he was coming at Rangers towards the end of his career. I think he actually left us when he was about 34, 35, something like that. Um, but it's it, it was just his, it, I just loved his... His nonchalant attitude and his ability just to just didn't really care when he was playing football. And I always remember that there was a white Nike top. I'm sure it was with with NTL broadband written on it. And I, I remember a, a, a couple of people kicking about where I live that used to have randomly used to have pay twenty on the back of their shirts. But <laughs> uh, but there we go. Um, and look, Ben, I'll come to you next on the the, the next on this day. Uh, it was Rangers defeated NK Maribor. I do not know how many times we've either played Malmo or Maribor in a, in a champions league qualifying game. Um, but this occasion Rangers scored three goals to beat Maribor 3-1. Tori Andre Flo, there's a name and, um, we're sticking with a sort of South American theme today. So Claudio Canigia got the other two. What was your memories of, of Claudio Canigia and a Ranger shirt? Oddly another guy who came to Rangers towards the end of his career.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, again, the sort of the 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 word cult hero sort of comes uh, comes to mind as well. Um, I was surprised when when I when you said to me about it um, on this day, I had a look as well, and I was surprised actually that he only played two seasons. It felt felt like he was longer with us. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know why, but yeah, another another player sort of similar to Suárez in terms of being South American and also having played at a World Cup. Um. He played at two um so so another link there um but yeah i mean a, a wonderful player the, the the biggest question is what the hell was he ever doing at dundee um but but yeah um you know fond memories and uh it's a shame we didn't get him a bit earlier than we did
0: yeah fantastic i mean it's just i still it still blows my mind when some of these like nostalgic 90s you know things come up on on twitter or whatever and it's like Claudio okanija looking 18 years old with his golden locks playing for for Argentina um, and just the fact that he was still kicking about in two thousand and one for for Rangers, it just shows you what a, what a career he had. And yeah, another guy, another South American that I was happy to see playing in a Rangers shirt. But um, Scott, I'll I'll start with you here. Um, as I said, there's there's only one place to start tonight, and that is. Um, in the next couple of days, Jose Cifuentes will be uh, unveiled as a Rangers player. As I said, beale has been hinting at for a couple of of weeks now, um, and as I said yesterday was talking about them coming flights to Glasgow, um, a player that I've seen described as the missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle, uh, puzzle which is a pretty pretty um, good compliment to get before <laughs> before you've joined the club. But just overall, how excited are you to have uh, Ecuador international Jose Sefuentes joining joining
2: Rangers Football Club? Um, I think see, if you'd asked me about two months ago when these rumors started, I'd have been absolutely buzzing. I am just, uh, it's been done in my head for that long now that I'm no longer excited about it. It's just that it's a formality. I've been a big fan of Fuentes. Actually, this is this is where I get my excitement from. I signed him for us on, on Football Manager at the start <laughs> of the season and it was an absolute revelation. Um, and since he's been linked with us, I've just been so excited. I've been watching games. Um, I've been looking at his stats. He just looks like a different calibre and type of football than what we've got in that midfield currently. I think if you look at him compared to someone like Raskin, even someone like Kieran Dowell, who's just coming in, and, a word on Kieran Dow for just a second has been a revelation, I think. I think he looks brilliant in that midfield. Indeed. Um, Jose, yeah, Jose it just looks like the big powerhouse, the uh, midfield of the big box-to-box powerhouse that we really need. He's going to allow players like Nico Raskin just to sit that little bit deeper, do what they do a lot better and without having to break forward as much. Jose is for me, very, very excited. Just really want it over and done Dunway now because it's been dragging on for so long. It does feel like about two months since the rumours first started. <sighs>
0: Yeah, and and Ben, I'll I'll ask you a very similar question before we sort of uh, dig into the bones behind the the player profile of Josefuentes. But just how excited are you to have a a, a guy, a, you know, another South American player in the as many days coming to coming to Rangers? You know, seems to have a real pedigree, doing well in a in a half decent league in the MLS. How are you excited are you for for this addition to the squad?
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem long ago that uh, all the talk was over oh, we're only signing players from the championship in England and, and now we've got, you know, an Ecuadorian and a Brazilian coming in, um, which is great. You know, and I, I think it's gonna it's gonna benefit us in, in so many ways. Um but but I, I'm very excited for this type of player, for this profile of player. Um I'm also excited for the fact that it's something that we've been talking about for so long and you know sometimes these rumours will just sort of disappear or whatever but you know something that the club will follow through and, and, and got and it's it's a real it's a coup for the club you know the age profile you know he's an international Um, it seems to be what something a little bit different as scott said there um that that we, that we need in the midfield we need we need that little bit of variety in there um because i feel like for the last few years we've had too much that have been very similar and can do similar things um, and and you know if he's to go so far the two the two midfielders that come in and Campwell and Raskin you know and again at low fees and this is another one at low fee um, that that's come in and and if there's anything on on what Bale has brought in so far if he if he lives up to that you know it's a fantastic addition um, and and credit credit to Bale for identifying whoever's identified these three players as well to be able to get them. Um, you know, because if these players have two, three years left in their contracts, you know, Rangers are they're they're out of the market for us. There's no chance we're getting them. You know, so to be able to bring in those type of players, I think, I think it's fantastic, and you know, it's it's very exciting times.
0: Yeah, I think you've had on a fantastic point there in terms of I was expecting this transfer window to be a lot of players from the Championship, and it is nice to see that we're we're looking at further afield in in terms of. Uh, LAFC and and bringing guys over uh, from the MLS. But Scott, the the next point that I'll ask you here is how good a deal do you think this is for Rangers, given that, okay, we know that it's well documented that it's been gone for a long, long time. Beal revealed a a, a few weeks ago that uh, he'd actually signed them on a a pre-contract. But by all accounts, it looks like it's a four-year deal. Um, worth about 1.2 million pounds, uh, and a guy who I've seen his, his real term value being at about 12 to 10 million pounds. I know you can you can make of that what you will, but um, all that and convincing a guy to move from LA to govern it's it's no mean feat. So, what have you made of the deal earlier on? And, and has something happened in that other game? By the looks of your face, because I I don't see you reacting to
2: my chat like that very often. No, I'm, I'm I'm listening to both, mate. Um, so Genk have just went two one up. Um, I think it's going to VAR, so I'll let you know the update on that once it's sorted. I've not got the volume on, so I can't actually hear what's going on. Cracking header at the back post, though. Um, Fuentes for me is a cracking DLC for one point two million. I think we're getting a, a player who's a Venezuelan international. Am I right in saying that? That's that's his, his Ecuador his of origin. Ecuador, same thing. Um, so I. We're getting an international here for the MLS, and the MLS isn't a backwater league any longer. It's 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 no uh, a a third-rate league. It's probably comparable with something like the SPL, especially if you look at the, the quality spread throughout. Um, it's probably stronger than a lot of the SPL teams. So we're getting a cracking player on effectively, you know, a, a a cut-price deal, similar to what Ben was saying. We can't well, you know, you're getting that player in for not a lot of money. If we're going to flip this player for two in two years' time and get close anywhere close to twelve million. It's a smashing deal. Uh, we're going to come on and talk about potentially players like Fashion to later. And we need to be looking at doing the same for them. So, this is the player trading model that was off talked about at Rangers, but never came to fruition under the the, the failed sporting director, um, who shall remain nameless on the rest of this pod. Um, so I think it's gonna be a smashing deal. Regardless of how he performs on the pitch, we're probably gonna make a return on this investment, regardless of the situation. But I do think He's going to be a player that could stick around for a few years do the business and you know then we we flip for hopefully close to the 10 million as you said yeah that that's uh, exactly it's
0: uh, we have to get into this player trading model and and i think he fits sort of similar into the nico raskin he's somebody that we've obviously the club's had an eye on for for a wee while here and and hopefully it's it's buy low and 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 sell high isn't it and and yeah And if we get a good few years out of him in between then, then that's all part of the plan. But um, Ben, look, having looked at a few scouting reports of uh, Sifuentes, the word that keeps coming up is box-to-box midfielder. He's been described as as having excellent vision, and it's not often i look and and delve into the stats and stuff like that. But uh, I was quite impressed by that. His his actions lead to about four and a half shots uh, a game, per 90 minutes which is pretty good uh, and he said he's also got an eye for for a shot at goal as well and he gets about two two shots away uh, every game as well. Last year I think he scored or, uh, the MLS isn't, season obviously hasn't completed yet. I think there's been 20 odd, 20, maybe 30 games in there so far but he scored twice and assisted 5 in 26 games um, How do you feel a player like this with his profile will, will, will fit into this, this Rangers squad?
1: Um, I think, I mean, I, I, like I said, I haven't seen a massive, massive amount of him. But I think, as I said, it's something different in that midfield that, that can do. I mean, we have a lot that can kind of now break up the play and things like that. But I feel that he is almost what John Lundstrom should have been and hasn't really lived up to in terms of getting that box-to-box element. Now, whether that's, to be fair to Lundstrom, with that, uh, that at the start when he first came in, he wasn't really played in that role uh, enough. Um, or some would say we didn't use them correctly. But I, I feel like Cifuentes is something that can sort of just keep us ticking, ticking along and can um, create those opportunities that maybe, maybe a, a sort of more pragmatic midfield that we have had of late just doesn't doesn't manage to and, and given the fact that we've got players like not that c- that well in there um to be able to to link up with them or or the um Sammers as as he's become known now um <laughs> also um is he, is he able to to benefit off and, and you know we we've got new a new front line so having somebody in there that is able to uh create is able to make opportunities and 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 isn't afraid to have a shot himself um is something that we need. Um, and, and by all accounts, from what I've seen, which isn't again as I said a whole lot, but he's he's able to do the the dirty work and the defensive work as well. Um, so when he seems to be the whole package,
0: yeah, that, that's that's it. I mean, in, in terms of um, again having a look closely at him here, and I'll come on to you for for the next wee point here, Scott. Um, it said that, that that's maybe the part of his game that that's, that's not as strong as, as the defensive side of things. Um, I've seen that his one v one. Uh, you know, take-ons with opponents is, is very good in terms of going forward and defending... Oddly enough, he there was a stat. He's got he's like in the ninety eighth percentile in the world for for aerial headers. I think he's going to be another massive unit that that, that fits into this team as well. Um, but again, his strengths deeper seems to be from us transitioning into the attack. Um, and how exciting is it to have you know this potential linking up with with all the new signings that we've we've got in so far as well? And, and are you surprised to see that,
2: that Beals brought in another absolute unit? <laughs> to the squad um no I don't I'm not surprised at all on the absolute unit I think we were very very lightweight going into the few seasons before you look at players like Glenn Kamara and their profile um we struggled in a physical battle against a lot of different teams teams could come to Ibrox and set up um very very deep and we would struggle to break that down having a physical player in there we've got, now we've got more than one is going to make it a lot easier for us to try and break down those um those defensive blocks um in terms of his, def- his defensive worries, if you call it that, I'm not concerned by it at all. I think we've got players like Nico Raskin in there who can really show up. A defence mm-hmm. can do all the, the, the covering and the dirty work that, that players like Sifuentes and Cantwell and are going to need. Even, again, I know I've been going on about him twice now and I've not been asked a direct question about him. <laughs> Kieran Dowell can come in and do that as well. Um, so I think we just let the midfield players do what they do best. Nico Raskin can shore everything up, get the ball moving, and then give it off to players like Cantwell and Tissuentes to, to do the, you know, the hard work further up the pitch. And I think that's probably where we're going to be better. We just start trusting players to, to do what they can do. And I think we're going to, you know, start of see the benefits of that. We have to remember, though. I think it's pro- probably best that we temper expectations. We're going into this season where an effectively front, uh, front and middle, is completely changed. Defence is probably each pichi for last season. It's, it's much the same. But we need to give a little bit of time for these players to gel. Players that can't wear on Raskin, brilliant they had that six months. But Cifuentes, he's going to take a bit of time to get the ball rolling, especially since he's coming off a, effectively three quarters of a season in the MLS. Um, and I, I think we looked at a stat a few months ago, Kyle, a few weeks ago, where he played for LA Galaxy one night and then two nights later he was playing international games. The boy's are an absolute unit, but we need to give him time to Run his motor down a wee bit, and then get him back up and ready. So it could be a couple or a few weeks into the season before we see the best of Jose winters I think.
0: Yeah, Scott, you've you've led me on to my next point really, really nicely there for, for Ben. You know, uh, Scott's told us what he thinks here about about the about him not having a pre-season, but do you share any concerns or do you have any concerns that he's not got a pre-season? Um, and and do, what do you think? Do you think he'll just basically go straight into the squad or do you think like Scott, there'll be a few weeks before he's he's fully integrated into the Rangers first team?
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not overly worried about the whole not having a pre-season because he's basically in this season. Um, I'm worried, well, not worried, but I feel that I agree with Scott in terms of I don't think he can be just thrown straight in. Um the only way that I see us potentially doing that would be if we needed him for, say, a second leg of the Champions League um, qualifiers. But then he may come back out again. Um, you know, it may be using him just at this moment in time when when needed until he's sort of settled in and adjusted. Um, but I, 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 if he was to go in soon and stay in, he's going to need a break at some point because he's basically had, you know, his season and is coming straight into us. So I think I think we we've got to sort of temper our expectations. I think he's gonna be a brilliant player and asset, but I think there is gonna come a point where we're gonna to have to we're gonna have to be clever about how we use him, but but this is why it's it's good. Um it's another reason why it's good to have a sign-in like this as well, because it, it not only are we gonna be able to pick and choose, because we have options now, we're gonna be able to choose how to integrate him, when to use him, when not, but it's also less pressure on the likes of Ryan Jack. You know, you could you could have Ryan Jack Used a little bit less if you've got if got these options as opposed to what we've had before, um, but yeah, I think that I think that I don't think it's in any way realistic to expect them to just come in, hit the ground running, and, and stay there for the rest of the season. I think. It's gonna take time. Um, it's a shame we didn't get him in a couple of weeks ago. But you know we are where we are, and I I feel I feel that you know, given time and given patience, which is something that we we sometimes struggle, you know, with as a fan base, um, as do all football fans. But I think you know I think that if we're patient, you know, we we've got a real gem on our hands. Yeah, a,
0: you, did you just assume the Rangers supporters are going to be patient there, Ben, because that's a that's a big, <laughs> big, big assumption there. But um, yeah, it, it, there's a couple of comments coming in here. Stephen Face says that uh, Sif went his last game was was ten days ago, I think. So I suppose he is having a wee break. And RFC72 says, you know, very similar, a wee break from is probably the best case scenario. Let him charge, recharge the batteries and be ready to go straight away. Um, look, Scott, the the next question here is, I don't want to say it's off topic, but it's Something that I think is is important to mention here, and is how do you think Beal's experience as a coach, um, especially at, at Sao Paulo? I think he was assistant manager at Sao Paulo for a couple of years, and how important is that going to be? Um, to to help a guy like Sifuentes integrate into the squad because I know it's been you know banded about in the past that especially South Americans even though we've had quite a few successful ones you look at morelos um, Amato canija who we've mentioned there um but obviously we've brought in Danilo and Sifuentes this year. how important do you think his understanding of of sort of South American culture is going to help them you know settle in Scotland and play in the SPFL
2: um I think for danilo it might be a bigger. Um, a, a bigger thing for him than it is going to be for Cifuentes. Um Bill obviously speaks or understands a wee bit of Portuguese, so he's going to have that that language barrier is not going to be there between the two players. Um, for Cifuentes, I'd imagine his main language is Spanish. I'd, I'd probably assume based on si. where he's from. See, <laughs> si, Senor, thank you. Yes. Um, so I, I don't know how much that's going to have and I don't know what the cultural differences are between um, Ecuador and Brazil, but I'd imagine there is as between Scotland and England. So I don't know if it's going to have much of an influence on, on him. But we have now got probably a multinational backroom, uh not background, sorry, a multinational squad where players should be able to come in and fit in with a little bit of ease. I don't imagine, based on everything that the players that have signed already have said about Beale have of his homework, he'll know that Jose Sifuentes is going to fit into this Rangers squad. And it's 2-2, by the way, so I've just equalised. Um, there we go, breaking news. Uh, might go to VAR. But Jose Sifuentes. I don't know how much an influence that's going to have on him. Um, and we can just close off with that.
0: I think that was fair enough that was a, a very very diplomatic answer there Scott Mitchell and I, I take my hat off to you for that one um, but look I think that the last question I'll ask you Ben just before we, we move on to topics um, other than Jose Cifuentes but um, it's been touched on a wee bit there by Scott Mitchell he thinks he'll link up well with with Raskin and Dowell in particular what other players do you think that he will link up with and, and how do you think that all the Rangers midfielders are going to be Kept happy, and I'm just going to bring up this week comment. Um, here was it here, where was it there? It was, uh, there we go. It's William there says, What I've seen of Sefuentes, he linked up with Vela really well. I think he could do the same with Danilo, and that is a very, very exciting prospect and something that I hadn't considered before. But, but what combinations can you see linking up well with, with Jose coming in?
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose it depends on where we play him. Um, I, I feel like he's been brought in for us to play that wee bit deeper. Um and therefore I maybe see him linking up with the number tens as opposed to being that number ten, um which which he's been, um but I, I feel that at this moment in time Lammers would certainly be a player that I'd I'd be interested to see him linking up with um you know Lammers has really really impressed me, yeah. um so so I'd like to see that I mean certainly Danilo too depending on depending on how we're playing what we're playing. Um, you know, if if say we were playing Danilo that little bit off off Dessers, then then you'd be looking at them to be linking up there. Um, again, Todd Cantwell linking up with a player of this ability as well. Raskin, you know, um, I I think Kieran Dial has really really impressed me as well. Um, you know, which is not something I expected. Um, but you know, his work work rate is is tenacity getting stuck in has really impressed me. Um, and and maybe he's the type of player that could be in there and could allow, um, Sifuentes to to get forward a bit more and be be linking up that further bit up the f- up the field. Um, but yeah, I think I think with a variety of players, it'll be able to link up. And I mean, good good players are like Sifuentes are going to make those around them much better. Um, you know, so even if it's Ran Jack in there, I, you know, I always feel like Ran Jack makes the players around him a lot better because he he, he gives them that cover. Um, but it's it's gonna be difficult, I think, to to keep them all happy. Um, although with the likes around Jack, uh, he might, if if he's fit, then, then fair enough. But you know, if if he ends up injured again, um keeping him happy won't be a problem, will it? But um I'm hoping yeah. that's not the case.
0: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> I'm trying not to mention the words injuries at all in any of these sort of podcasts before we get into the the season proper. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think there's potential there that he could link up well with with a number of players in our squad. And and as you said, especially if we're going to be having sort of two wide tens as as it's called, I think that's where his his key positioning lies in in supporting them. But look, listen, I think we could talk about Sifuentes for the whole podcast, but I'm going to change it onto something different here, Scott Mitchell, and that is um, a a player that's, I don't think I've known a player in a long time to have polarised the Rangers support so much and fashion, Sakala Jr. Uh, There's there's both uh, ends of the spectrum here in, in this podcast with people that absolutely love him and then you've got people like Scott Patterson that just want him out of the club as, as quickly as possible um, but by all accounts it's been told that he's he, or he's been told to, to look for a new club it, it looks like it, yesterday I think it was rumoured about three million I think we're seeing figures around about four million sort of emerging in the last sort of few hours here but where do you value a player like Fashion Sakala especially considering I think one of the key things is that he's got about, I think it's 38 goal assists and about 60 odd games for Rangers, which is crazy numbers for me.
2: It's mental numbers, um, genuinely. And I think if if any team were to look at Fashion Sakala just based on numbers, then they'd think, wow, we're getting an absolute steal here if, if the cigarette is 4 million. As soon as you watch Fashion Sakala for more than five minutes, you realise maybe 4 million isn't a bad deal. I think the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Um, everybody's thoughts here. I know it is polarizing the opinions. I've got a, I've got a couple of pals who absolutely despise fashion to I'm on the fence a wee bit. I think his his productiveness, as you've mentioned already, there is is probably second to probably none in last season's squad. If I'm totally honest, he was the player who was getting his the goals when the goals were drying up. Um, besides we can't well obviously there is. but I'd be happy to see him go for four million pounds i think that's probably a fair figure considering we got the guy for free let's be honest we're flipping him for four million pounds we're getting rid of a player who isn't going to set the world alight at rangers anytime I'm, his name is mentioned i just remember the two absolute settles against celtic um so i'd be happy to see him go for four million but i would also miss him
0: yeah, that's it as well. I can't believe you've not mentioned the hat trick against Motherwell in the six-one game. Surely that's got to be up there when you think of Fashion Cicala. Nope. <laughs> no, nope. I'm, I'm in total agreement with you when, when you, when you do mention the name Fashion Zakala it's normally the next thing that comes out of people's mouth is how did he not score those two open goals against against the other half of the city? Basically, but Ben, you know, I'm a bit conflicted about this myself. When, when you look at the numbers, they are phenomenal, but he's, I have never been frustrated as much in my life at a player that, that's played at Ibrox. But then again, on the other hand, I've been very critical of the club in, on previous podcasts, saying about this the player trading model um, and, and how we need to keep that going. But this surely is exactly the type of, of sort of flips that we've not been making in the past few years as buying somebody in or getting somebody in for free having them play for Rangers at a couple of seasons, and okay, he's not going to be a, a Calvin Bassi, a £20-25 transfer player. Uh, I don't think anybody was expecting that, but 3 four million, is that is that about right for Sakala, and, and do you think that we should let him go for that?
1: My valuation of Sakala changes every 15 minutes that he's on the pitch, because he'll do something brilliant, <laughs> and then he'll run off and hit run into the corner flag or something. Yeah. Um, you know, but do I think three million is enough? No, I don't. Um, given those I mean I I'm personally I'm happy to happy to see him leaving. Um I think that we're trying to move on from the the, the, the sort of period of, of failure really um and trying to trying to move on and, and when I think of him, I, I think of those two open open goal misses in, in, in the biggest games for us. Um and, and those are failures essentially. Um, you know, we, we, we could be sitting with with one or two trophies, if if those simple things have gone in, and, and can you rely on him? No, you can't. He can do things that, that make him look brilliant, but but most of the time, you're thinking no, no. And even even I I'm watching some of the friendlies there when he came on against Newcastle. There was a couple of things where he just was running, like I don't know where he, he doesn't know where he's going himself when he's running with the ball. <laughs> um. So so no. Um. I think I think given his numbers and given the market that we're looking at, the Saudi market where everything's inflated, I think three million's not enough. Um, you know, at the same time, get getting get a player in for free and moving him on and making a decent profit is good for a player that's not going to impact us and is not going to play. I can't see how he features at all. Um, you know, I think SEMA's is ahead of him now as well. Um, so I don't I don't see so where he comes in. I'd be looking at maybe four four and a half million, and and I'd be happy enough. Um, and, and and I think it's 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 good business, and I think it's it's time for him to move on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's where a, a lot of the support are. Um, other than the ones that, that's basically willing them to to drive them to to Saudi Arabia themselves. But Scott Stephen nineteen here says I like fashion, but let's be honest, we need a guy who would take the chances. He must chances against Celtic. We'll win nothing again if he's the kind that player we are relying on. £3 million is good business, and really hard to disagree with anything you've said there. But it brings me on to, to my next point, Scott Mitchell here, and, and it's almost like RFC 72 has been having a wee look at my agenda for tonight, but he says if we get rid of Sakala, uh, Matondo, right, do we bring in a, a left wing for some width with, with Simo on the other side? Where does this leave? I mean, it, look, it all but looks like Scott Wright's another one that's going to be out the door. Obviously, we'd agreed a 500 k fee for uh, Scott Wright, with I, uh, I can't, I cannot pronounce that Turkish t- uh, team's name, but um, th- if we sell to Kala, to me that only leaves us with Matondo, <laughs> who's got a bit of pace. Um, in there, is this? Uh, are Rangers now going to have to go out and get another player, or, or is this, or where do you lie in this
2: whole whole uh, issue here? Um, I think firstly Scott Wright will be going to someone's sport. Probably that will be the the name <laughs> of the, the team that he goes for. Um, no, I don't think. We really do. I think one of the, the, the big proponents of the Rangers under Gerard, if we all want to think back to that, was the, the two wide 10s. And despite the fact we don't have a lot of wingers, Matondo would be the last one probably that I could think of. We've got lots of players that could play in that wide 10 role. Todd Cantwell, Kieran Dowell. Bill mentioned in his last interview that these players all want to play a bit more forward than the forward line. So we could potentially move to two tens, uh, sorry, three tens and two wide 10s as well. Mm. Um, so I don't think we do need to go and get any more forward line um, players, if I'm totally honest. I think after this, the, the thing that we probably want, and it looks like the manager wants, is probably a left-sided centre-half, potentially some reinforcements in the at the left-back position as well. So I wouldn't expect too much in the attacking front, unless it's going to be a loan for someone later on in the in the English Premier League, someone someone late into the window. That will probably be the last um, potential attacking investments for us. I don't think we need that, if I'm totally honest. We've played with wingers now for two seasons, we can call it. Um, yeah. And it, it, it didn't really work, if I'm totally honest. and I'd be quite happy to see the back of them and never see any wingers again after after Ryan Kent departed Rangers.
0: Yeah, again, I think I think that's fair enough. I, th- I think um, we are going to play a completely different way to what we finished to sort of end the last season and, and even the last couple of years. I wonder if it was more akin to, to to the style that that Gerrard played under, given that obviously Bill was the assistant manager back then. But we will we will find out in a few days' time for sure. Um, but look, the last question I've got, Ben, and surrounding all this, and, and Aldo, the sniper McNaught, brings me onto it quite nicely. He said Sakala's numbers are great, but if the money is what's being said, then take it and put that money into the centre-back position. I I, I think that Rangers might still be looking at a centre-back. Um, what what do you think about this? And do you think that this money will be reinvested back into the squad?
1: Yeah, it, we absolutely have to be looking at a centre-back. I think we're looking at a centre-back whether Sakala goes or not. Um, and I think if, if you were to say now you can keep Sakala and not have a centre-back, which which adds more value to our team or, or which is more important for our team right now. And, uh, and centre back is without doubt gonna gonna be more beneficial to us. Um, I think it's it's very important. And I think that's that's a good point, Aldo makes. Um, so yeah, we we need a centre back. There's no doubt about it. Um, defensively we haven't been wonderful. Granted, um our, our best well our at least equal to best centre back with Suter. Um, Golson hasn't been available for the whole of preseason so it's 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 a bit false. Um, but at the same time, we definitely need reinforcements. You know, we've got Golson, who everyone's saying, oh, Golson will be back soon. But he, he was out for quite a period last season. And, and, you know, he could come back and be out again. Um, and, and, and if that is the case, we, we are not equipped um, to deal with that over for a long-term basis. Yeah,
0: it'll be interesting to see over over the next month um, if we do bring another centre back. Uh, especially since Beals uh, said it before, and and, and I still can't get those comments out my head after that Hoffenheim game where he says Rangers finishing a game with no fit centre halves is a scenario that we could face during the season. Which I, did not, I don't want to hear him say something like that again. But um, again, just just to change topic here, Scott, and, and something that I must say, I was really, really, really happy uh, with the club on this point yesterday. It was obviously the first official day that James Bisgrove's taken up the mantle of Rangers CEO. uh, And there was a very, very interesting social media announcement that I certainly wasn't expecting. But the club wished former Rangers captain Lee Wallace a happy birthday. A man who, in my opinion, regardless of what's going on behind the scenes, deserves recognition of the club. And and I, I don't know if I'm just putting two and two together, but it's nice to see that the new CEOs come in. Something that a lot of Ranger supporters have been asking for for a long time, but uh, certainly, guys like like you and I, we are of that generation that Lee Wallace did mean a lot to us, and and was a guy that that stuck by the club. Are you happy that the club finally gave him some
2: recognition on social media? Hundred percent. Um, I put out what I thought was a very clever comment on my Twitter. Uh, Make sure you give us a follow, guys. There's a lot of great (laughs) stuff over there. Um, But obviously, I I soon realised that everybody else had the same thought. The club has finally acknowledged Lee Wallace's existence after, what is it, five, six years easily. Um, I think it's been quite disgusting how Lee Wallace has been treated. Um, The man is an ex-Rangers captain, regardless of what happened and the the sort of acrimonious terms of his leaving. Kenny Miller is now recognised by the club and has been for a while. Um, It was almost 3-2 gank there, ball cleared off the line. Um, So I believe that Lee Wallace should have had some sort of acknowledgement prior to this, but you're right, there's been a few departures at boardroom level that potentially meant that it was fair game to mention Lee Wallace again. For me, he won't go down as a Rangers legend. That's a different debate that anybody can get into, (laughs) right? He he won't, Um, but he's definitely... um, maybe an echelon just below that for me i think lee wallace is a fantastic yeah. servant to rangers football club he could have went and played at a higher level he stuck with the club when when fans some of whom have returned to rangers um walked out quicker than the door would open um so i was a bit disgusted with how we treated lee wallace over the last few years rangers hero is probably the right way to put it Pete. Let, let's be honest I rangers hero maybe not a legend fantastic servant to the club um, made money off the club, absolutely, but every player that that comes to Rangers does. And I, I think it's good that we're finally acknowledging the guy. I really want to get him back to Rangers next season, uh, sorry, at the, at the end of next season when, when 56 is getting lifted. And I hope Lee Wallace plays some part in that.
0: Yeah, again, fantastic answers you've given there, Scott. I think, I agree with you, I think Pete Lawrence has summed it up quite nicely there. He is a Rangers hero. It's it, You know, it, you often find that a lot of guys come to Rangers and and you know it benefits their career but I think in this instance he he sacrificed his career to continue playing for Rangers Football Club and I do not think there are many players that we've had under our 151-52 year history that 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 can they can honestly say that about so yeah I take my hat off to, to Lee Wallace and yeah I'm glad the club finally gave him a bit of recognition that he deserved um club seem to be doing a lot off the pitch really well at the moment, Ben. Let's hope that it continues into the new season. But just something I want to touch on before we get into the, the sort of uh, Camarnock game uh, is... The Rangers held the first team open day training session at Ibrooks. There was loads of activities for for some of the younger bears there. There was face painting, you know, food. I think there was activities with, with footballs and sort of wee skill challenges and stuff like that, by all accounts. I know that some of the guys that are in the the wider This Is ibrooks uh, group uh, took their their kids to it. And, and days like this are exactly what it's all about. But how important are you know, things like this to and cementing the next generation of, of Ranger of supporters and, and why didn't the club do something like this when we were wee guys,
1: Scott? Yeah, I mean I think I think absolutely um crucial. Um you know I, I think they're great. I think they're wonderful PR exercises. Um and I think you know they do. They, I mean I, I would have loved to have obviously been over and been closer and be able to take my daughter. Um, because that's just it's how how kids nowadays fall in love with a club, you know. They, they just kids need kids nowadays. I, I feel like they need a wee bit of entertainment. They don't. They're not are too distracted by just the kind. Of, just football doesn't quite. Get them at a certain age, um, when they get a, get a wee bit older. But they need they need the whole package, um, which that sort of sort of is, you know, with the with the fun element, with the skills things and all that, and just then they're associating rangers with fun and they're associating, associating with with a good time, um, and and that's that's what we want. And and basically, you know, I think I think it's brilliant. I think the clubs should. Consider maybe doing something again, um, a, a later stage within within the season. On you know, sort of maybe, um, be it. The winter break maybe try and do something i understand that some of the players aren't there at that stage doesn't have to be necessarily a training session doesn't have to be that but just to try and you know continually engage with with fans of, of of all generations but to make it to make it a family a family day and i'm sure you know also you bring that many people again to to it and you know i'm sure the shop did pretty well out of the day as well so yeah. you know it's win-win isn't it
0: yeah, and, and in terms of you, you know, thinking about, uh, is there any specific locations, Windsor Park, that you're thinking of that
1: Rangers should host a, a, a training session at next? Ben? Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't mind at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a football ground around the corner from me here. If they want to come, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I mean, if I put it this way, if they, if they did were if they were to hold something in Northern Ireland, I mean, it'd be sold out in ten minutes, you know, as well. So um just to be able to engage with with you know because not uh, you know things are getting more costly not a, not all families can afford to always go over and things like that so to yeah. be able to just engage with that fan base which is which is great and you know i don't just mean northern ireland obviously i'm a little bit biased on that but um but but all over the place i mean there's rangers fans everywhere so you know to be, to be able to continually engage i think would be brilliant
0: yeah, I totally agree with you on that one there, and and it was good to see Rangers sending their their B team out for for a number of of pre season sort of friendlies before the before the best V best team, and I, and I know there was there was a lot of Rangers supporters in in your neck of the woods went over and, and watched those games as well. Um, but Scott, just you know, last question again before we get into you know, the sort of C'marnock side of things but I mean, it seems this year that Rangers have done quite a lot of stuff that's that's landed really, really well with the, with the support um, off the pitch, new Edson House, you know, the announcement of this museum, the fans forum, the open day um, and and obviously there's loads of other stuff as well. I, is this just all part of you know the sort of new rangers and, and the new boardroom have come, that have come through? And have you been impressed by a lot of the stuff that we, we've done
2: off the pitch so far? i going to be careful. We we're using the term new rangers because that might set off a few people in the chat <laughs> um, yeah, through that. But absolutely no, I think so. We we managed to get a, an, an exclusive interview with with, uh, with um, Stuart. Roberts, no, not Stuart Robertson. Stuart Gibson. Stuart Gibson. Um, yes, at the tail end of last season. And Stuart spoke quite positively um, about the the new chairman, um, John Bennett. Yeah. And I think this is all pretty much in line with what Stuart was saying about him. About John Bennett really is there for the fans. John Bennett really isn't in this for himself. He wants to make Rangers the best version of itself that it can be. And I think the appointment of James Bizgrove into and the CEO, or C- whatever it is that he's doing these days. Mm-hmm. Um, that started off yesterday officially, and then that's where the Lee Wallace thing came for. This is what the new Rangers is going to mm-hmm. look like. We're going to be a fan, a family-friendly, a fan-friendly sort of club going forward now. It's not going to be a us against them. It's not going to be, a you know, we're not going to do what the fans want us to do. We're trialing singing sections. We've got the, yeah. the fan days. Everything just seems to be going well. Uh, we're probably going to administration next week. um but <laughs> i don't know. um so we just need to keep pushing forward in this direction. it's going right if the season goes well. really they're already a winner. And i don't see how they can mess this up but i think we've all said that before when it comes to rangers.
0: yeah that's that as well. i said i just I think it's just important, you know, just to take a wee step back at the moment and just give credit to the club and, and all the good off the field things that they have done. Despite a disappointing season last year, I've been very encouraged with it. And I think, you know, all the feel good factor off the pitch can only lead to you know help the, the team on it as well. If all the supporters are are buzzing and all singing from the same hymn sheet and they're and they're happy, then hopefully that reflects back onto the players. But um, look, Ben, let's get into the Kamarnock uh, game at the weekend. Obviously, a bit of a weird kick off time for for TV. It's a uh, quarter past five on Saturday, the fifth of August. Kamarnock um, technically had their season underway, having had three or four games in the in the Scottish League Cup group stages. Uh, in terms of Kilmarnock, they seem to have brought in a couple of ex aberdeen players, which is absolutely no surprise given who their manager is. They brought in uh, Matty Kennedy, who always thought was okay for Aberdeen, and, and Marley Watkins as well. They brought back Stuart Finlay uh, on loan from Oxford, who used to be on their books as well as a centre-half, and obviously they brought uh, Lewis Mail from Rangers as well. Firstly, what are you expecting on the opening day of the season from a, from a Derek McInnes team?
1: physicality um, yeah. is, is what you expect from a dark mckinnis team um well organized um good good set pieces um is, is what you really expect from from a dark mckinnis team i actually saw Kilmarnock there played linfield over here and a friendly yeah. um and they were absolutely terrible um it was paid them one nil um it was going on going on six really um but i mean Pre-season friendlies, as we've already said, don't don't necessarily tell the whole story. Um, but I really, really expect them to, to be in our faces and to be to be physical and, and and to be hard to break down. Really, is what 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 you expect from them. Um, but that's what we really are going to expect for ninety-nine percent of the season, isn't it?
0: That's exactly. And and Scott Mitchell, are you expecting you know much of the same against a like Big physical side, and you know it's certainly one thing that's been levelled at Rangers this year that we are now also a, a very big physical side. And how do you see see that lining up? And are you excited to eh, for us to put our test against sort of hammer swingers first first game of the season?
2: Yeah, so I think in terms of how we will be able to match up against Kelly, I think we're now better equipped than we've ever been for sort of these first day. Um, games, I think we're going to be able to combat the hammer throws that they've brought in, um, from Aberdeen <laughs> especially. I'm not especially worried about Kelly. Um, we, we mentioned earlier on about the potential of her struggling at the centre-back area. Uh, Kilmarnock have got like one half-decent striker in, in the boy Vassell, um, and then their next best striker is somebody called Bobby Wales. Never heard <laughs> there. Um, so I don't see us having too much problem there. Watch them beat us 1-0. um But I think we'll be a lot better equipped. I think we just need to hit the ground running and the opening six to eight games minus the old firm game should hopefully be pretty easy sailing for us. We've been dealt a pretty simple card um, and if we can hit the ball running and can take maximum points for the majority of these games, then we don't deserve to win the league. Realistically, I'd expect us to go into September with with maximum points, hopefully. Um, But this game in itself, I'm going to go for an early prediction here, Kyle. You've not asked me yet, but I'm going to say 3-1 Rangers. Oh, that, I'd, listen, I'd, I'd take that all day long, I think. Uh, Ross and myself
0: were were at the last commandment game, and it, I think that was the score that, the last time. So so I'd, I would absolutely love it if that was the case. But Ben, look, in terms of team lineups going into the Kelly game, uh, I, I, it's not been confirmed yet, obviously. Looking at the defence, that's the sort of first thing I want to look at. I'm, I'm just assuming we're all going to say Butlin's playing in goals. Right, that's not that for piece. me. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I said. I know there's some members of the support that would still have him back in there. So, um, yeah, but um, it, I think the defense. I think that's the bit we could already spend the the longest amount talking about team lineup. Um, myself, I've gone for tavit right back, Suter, Davies, and 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 I don't want them playing at left back. But I, I think we will go with Barisic at left back. Um, how do you think the defense will line up?
1: I'm I'm the same as you. I think I would play Yilmaz, but I think he will play uh, he will play Borna, um, just because he's tried and tested there, um, played on that pitch, and you know Yilmaz is still plenty to to improve on and learn. Um, so yeah, I, I think probably the same as you. have gone for the same centre backs. Golson's far too early for, um, and especially you don't want to come have him come in uh, play now, even if he was you know eighty percent ready and then and then potentially pick up a knock and be out of the Champions League game. So yeah, same defence as you really. Um that's what I think.
0: No, that's fair enough. And and Scott Mitchell, we did see I- Goldson involved in training yesterday, and as as always with with social media rumours, I know a certain Reese posted something into the the infamous this is Ibrook's WhatsApp chat earlier on, and it was a guy who'd obviously met Connor Goldson out and about in Glasgow, and he said that he hopes to be fit for for Saturday. Um, would you would you risk Connor Goldson on, on, on this pitch, basically? And I suppose the same question goes for for John Souter as well. And and where do you stand? And I, I realise I'm asking about forty five million questions here about the defence, but
2: but where do you stand in the left back position as well? Um. So let's let's go number one. Um, so <laughs> no, Connor Goldson, I would not risk. Um, John Suter is a slightly different one for me because John Suter, as far as we know, has been fit all through preseason. So if there's a risk to be taking, I'm more than happy risking Suter over Goldson because we know Goldson's been knackered the whole preseason. Um, yeah. If there's an option not to play either, then we go for it. I have got no concerns over Leon Balagan and Ben Davies at centre half against. I'm googling this guy's name. Is it Kyle Vassell? I keep saying yeah, yeah. Darius Vassell, but that's that's an old name that isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> so Kyle a I don't see I don't see Leon Balogun or Ben Davies struggling against that. For left back, <laughs> is it really a question for me? Um I would not have Bonna Barisic anywhere near a Rangers jersey again if I could have my way. Um I actually, think back to the last. I don't know if it was the last command game or the one before it, where he got ripped a new one before he got sent off by Daniel Armstrong, was it? And um, the boy playing right wing for Kelly tore Borna to shreds and then stupidly got himself sent off when Borna was on a booking at that point already. Yeah, so if he's to play, I'd much rather Yilmaz up against him. Um, I don't see Borna being able to combat that threat of a of a skillful, tricky, pacey winger up against him. So I, I would have Tav, Leon Balligan, Ben Davies and Red van der assuming all are fit and ready to play.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. And, and Ben, I've got one last week question about the defence. Uh, obviously, the left back area for me has been the biggest concern of pre season. I, I take, I totally take all points of view in terms of saying that you know it's pre season. We're there to get minutes under the legs, but it's crunch time on on Saturday now. Do you think there is even a chance of Dujon Sterling featuring at left-back uh, at all? Or, or, or where do you sit in that? Because I know that when I did the, the Sunday pod, I was I was fuming with, with the way that the left-backs have been playing this, this season. And um, I, I'd written down Dujon Sterling, and I, I don't know, I, I maybe still feel that way, that if he was fit, I don't see why we shouldn't be sticking him in there.
1: Yeah, I, I would just like him to have had a little bit more football on his legs, um, and, and, and they've played with the team during pre-season, which, which he hasn't, um, so that, that's why I don't think it's going to happen, um, I don't think he's going to be in there, but I, I can understand why, because I, I'll be honest with you, with, with Yilmaz there and Barisic, it's like, I could toss a coin to be be honest at this moment in time of who who played, and I could see why you would play either of them, um, and I could see why you wouldn't play either of them. So yeah, I could I could understand why you're thinking that, and it is something that crossed my mind. But I feel like I feel like he needs that little bit more time with the team and a wee bit more football on his legs to be going into you know an important game now. Yeah, that's it. And there's a, a comment
0: here from RFC72. He says, "If I see Tav Balogun, Davies Barisic, I think I'm actually shit myself before the game and watch <laughs> the game behind the city." I think there's a, a few of us that that feel not too dissimilar to that. Um, Scott Mitchell, I'll ask you the next question. Um, I, I'm going to guess. I think I know one of your midfield three already, given the fact that you've name checked them about forty-five times in the, on the podcast already. But um, who, who have you got as your as your midfielders? I, I've automatically assumed it's a, a three, but, you know, you, you might surprise us.
2: I don't think I'm going to surprise anybody. Um, <laughs> midfield three for me is going to be Nicholas Raskin, um, Kieran Dow, who I think I've name-checked <laughs> about 40 times on the pod, um, and then Todd Cantwell.
0: Yeah, and, and specifically, why have you picked that three? And another thing, the other question I've got is have you been happy so far with the fact that Cantwell appears to have been playing a bit more of a deeper position in pre season than what he has been at uh, the end of last season?
2: Um, so, why those three first initially? Um, so, Nicholas Rashkin just offers that dynamic um, defensive midfielder player that we've been crying out for for years. He's the player that I think Ryan Jack. Wish they was a few years back, um, but sadly, he's never going to have the legs to do that again. Um, Kieran Dowell, for me, just has all aspects to his game. Defensively, looks very, very sound. And going forward, he links the ball and the play really, really well. I think if you look at Lammers' goal against Hoffenheim, it's Kieran Dowell that's, that kind of creates that by progressing through the lines and playing sharp, uh, short, sharp uh, passes at the edge of the box. Todd Campbell picks himself for me. I've been happy when I'm playing deeper because it allows those forward players to facilitate a little bit more and get into more spaces. We used to have a situation where a Federmannellis would drop deep and almost become a player in the midfield line, and that would, in my opinion, force Cantwell to push himself forward. Yeah. But now you've got Lammers floating about in that ten area, you've got Danilo or Dessels playing a little bit further forward. So I don't think Todd needs to go out and play as dynamically as he did. But having said that. I do think he's tried a bit hard during pre-season. It's maybe shown in a few of the games that he's played. He maybe just needs to take a wee bit of a back step and realise I don't have to be running 40 yards with this ball and laying it off. I could just pass it and then get it to players. He needs to trust the players he's got around him because some of these players look like absolute Rolls-Royce players. Sam Lammers, I know I've not spoken about him once so far, but (laughs) I could watch that boy play all day long. Tremendous football player.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a fair point there. You have made Scott and, and totally agree with it. Um Ben Marco Negri's eye, and, and I love that name by the way, <laughs> it says, as long as I don't see Lundstrom anywhere anywhere near that park, sorry, squad. Um I, you know, first of all, I'll get your midfield three off or midfield as well off you and and do you think we will see Lundstrom? Because spoiler alert, I have a sneaky suspicion that we might just do that.
1: Uh, well my midfield is Raskin and Jack with Campwell sort of there when needed, but also being given a bit more freedom to sort of link up with Flamers. Um so so I'm sort of a two to a three at, at, at times, but but just sort of given the licence for Campwell to be a bit more expressive than he has maybe been in, in preseason. Um but uh yeah, do I think do I think Lundstrom I think he'll be on the bench? Um and I hope that's where he stays, if I'm honest, at this moment in time.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's not had a great pre-season, and um, yeah, that's, I think that's all I've really got to say about John Lundström on, on that issue there. But um, I'll stick with you, Ben, here. What's
1: your what's your forward three? Um, so Lammers, as I've already said, um, Danilo ahead of him, and then I have Seema. Um, I think Sema to me, he, he delivers a good ball in, um, and I think he also provides a little bit of pace and with which which we may need at times, um, which which we don't have really anywhere else, um, when when we need to try and stretch the game a little bit against the sort of stuffy Comorian side, um, so I I, I think Lima's a, uh, Lima Lima Sema is a good signing, um, and I think he uh, I think he'll be a good player for us this season, really do.
0: Yeah, that's that. You were only going to be called uh, Tom Commentator for now on there after that <laughs> one, Ben, which is a name nobody wants... That's a haircut um...
1: anyway,
0: so... <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's that. I, I don't think his is a haircut, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, d- Scott, do you agree with, with uh, what Ben said there in, in, in terms of the, the front three? I mean, I I think, like, as you've touched on earlier on, I, I could watch Lammers play all day long, and, and I've mentioned in previous pods that I think he will be the duo the Rebo this season in terms of that he'll play like Every game possible. Um so I think in every predicted lineup that I will have Sam Lammers will be in there. Um who's your other two?
2: Um so definitely definitely Sammers. Um, I won't have <laughs> Lima in, in my lineup, unfortunately. Um, I've, I've been interested in what I've seen for Abdala throughout the pre season, but I don't think he's right for this game. I think we go with more a traditional front two, so almost playing this sort of diamond formation. Um, with Danilo and Dessers up front. I think that's probably the way to go against a, a stuffy Kelly defence um, mm-hmm. and just get Tav and whoever plays left back as high up as possible, get the balls pinged into the box, drop downs for Sam Lammers mm-hmm. to dribble by the whole defence, 1-0 Rangers. There you go. Listen, I hope we can
0: just clap that up and just send it out straight after we've beaten... them. Um, come on, what was your prediction of 3-1? 3-1. I think they'll get a stuffy goal. Yeah, they, they they always do these teams, especially especially on that pitch. Um, but Ben, I'll, I'll trouble you for a prediction as well.
1: I'm going four two Rangers. Um, where our defence is at the moment, I can see us conceding. Um, but but yeah, four two.
0: Yeah, I th- I think that um I'm gonna I'm gonna get splinters in my bum as well, and I'll just say the same scoreline as, as Scott Mitchell. I'll go for I'll go for three one. I agree with the both of you in terms of I've not been fully convinced with the um the the defense so far this season but i think we've got enough firepower up up front uh for what it's worth i went with the uh, lammers uh Dessers and Seema up front as well and i think we'll see danilo chucked on towards you know the last 30 maybe second half type thing but um just before we go scott mitchell you've been keeping a wee eye on the the genk Servette game for us do you want to give us a wee update and in, into how that's went and
2: how both teams have played yeah, over the 90, it's finished 2-2. Um, so it's three each in aggregate. It's going to go to extra time. Players are currently getting rubbed down by what I hope is a physio on the pitch. Um, <laughs> it's It's been a weird game. Um, I've, I've also kept one eye on a few group chats that I'm in. And I've noticed um, Shug, a very good friend of the pod, has been mentioning that Genk just to be throwing balls into their 99 and hoping it stick. That's exactly the way it's been. They're a man up as well, and they're just pumping the ball into the box every every few minutes. Servette, for me... On the deck, looked the better team. So, I mean, I, I wanted Servette to go through because I thought they'd be an easier draw, but both of them look difficult, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll bring you reaction to however we, we um, face off in the, in the Champions League uh, qualifiers. Um, whenever that is i can't quite remember the dates off the top of my head but before i go just a wee couple of uh, bits of housekeeping to do uh if you haven't already seen it check the interview that our very own Scott Patterson did with Joe Potter uh, Joe, Joe Potter sorry <laughs> um at podcast studio glasgow you know we're linking up with them uh, this season and it's fantastic facilities and, and fantastic to see an interview uh, and, and the, the answers that Joe gave were a fantastic insight into how she's thinking and how the women's team are going to go this year. On that subject we have a new uh, Twitter for the, is it still called Twitter or is it X? I don't know what it's going to be called anymore. We'll, I'm still calling it Twitter because nobody's told me else uh, otherwise. But we've got, this is ibrooks RWFC so give that a follow and we've got one for the B team as well TII Youth. Um, Again it's been so good getting to tweet all the goals that thompson the shack has been scoring but tonight i just want to say thank you to to both my guests so thank you very much ben for joining us
1: yes cheers as always
0: and thank you very much scott mitchell that was a, a difficult task you had tonight listening to me and keeping an eye on a game of
2: football um it's been very very interesting i don't know how they do it in this guy's sports studio but i won't be signing up for it anytime soon
0: <laughs> That's exactly. But listen, as always, thanks everybody for all your comments. Thanks for tuning in and watching. And we will be back, uh, I'm sure, post match after the Commander game to, to give you a breakdown of that. But take care, everybody.